don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Do you love interior design? Are you located in the New York City area? What are you doing in three weeks? Where will you be on February 5th, 2017? It's a Sunday. Come hang out with me. Come hang out with me and the entire Affordable Interior Design team. We are hosting a masterclass. It is going to be so much fun. Now, for years, I taught interior design classes, and they were a huge hit. They were full to brimming with people who were so passionate about interior design, people who were experts in the field, producers of interior design TV shows, and novices alike. People from all different backgrounds came to take my classes, and I had a blast teaching them. But ever since I moved to the suburbs, it's just been too difficult to get back to the heart of the city to teach regularly. But you guys have continued to ask, even though I have all my classes online, you can go to my website, affordableinteriordesign.com, and go to the shop section to check out those online courses. But if you will be in New York City, there's really nothing like learning one-on-one. There's nothing like learning in person. So I do hope that you'll consider coming to my master class. It is going to be a day that is chock full of information, Q&A. I'm going to be giving as much of my secret sauce as I can away because I believe that great looking interior design is not just a privilege for a selective few or for the wealthy. It is a right. No matter if you only have the budget to shop at Ikea and consignment stores, or if you have a little bit more money and are scouring Room and Board and Mitchell Gold, you deserve to have a great looking space that doesn't stretch you beyond your means and that you feel empowered that you created this. I think it's wonderful to hire an interior design firm. Heck, I'm an interior designer. I would love for you to hire me. But what I would love even more is for you to have a sense of ownership and pride that you did it yourself, a sense of confidence that you know why something was put there. And when you need to change out your pillow or change out your armchair, you know exactly what to be looking for. And that's why I teach those classes. And that's why I'm presenting this masterclass. I want you to have the tools that you need to make informed decisions that will change the way you feel in your home and in turn change your life. So please consider joining me for my, well, this is the name of it, HGTV Addicts Interior Design Masterclass. If you love love it or list it, if you love flip or flop, I am going to tell you what it takes to get there. As somebody who's been on the Today Show, HGTV, the DIY Network, the Food Network, I can tell you there's lots of tricks of the trade, but more importantly, these are easy techniques that anyone can learn with just a few rules and basic ideas. So, If you're going to be in New York City, check out my Eventbrite page. Just go to affordableinteriordesign.com, 
go to the shop page and click on the interior design masterclass. Tickets are $275 for a general admission ticket. It is an all-day class from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. or they're $350 for a VIP ticket. Now this VIP as well as general admission ticket includes a gift bag that's going to be full to brimming with lots of fun swag. And you get to spend the day with me and my team. What could be better? Now, if you mention promo code DISCOUNT40, so just type in DISCOUNT40 under the promo code section when you're checking out at Eventbrite, you'll get 40% off those prices. You'll get to attend this class for under $200, and I promise you will be getting that value back in spades. Now, I can't wait to tell you a little bit more about the class today, but how I'm going to be telling you is I'm going to be giving you a preview, a sneak preview of the content that will be shared in my design masterclass. So when people come in, it's going to be in NoHo, and it's going to be a really posh location. I actually love this classroom space. And it's right next to Whole Foods, which can't be beat in terms of grabbing coffee and a scone before the class. But when the guests come in, they're going to pick out a paint chip. Now, the color that you find yourself gravitating towards is going to tell me a lot about your psychology and also what colors make you feel what different way. So just a little sneak peek as to what I'll be talking about. If you were to walk in and pick the red paint chip, I would know instantly that you're drawn to things that grab your attention. Red is a color that always steals focus. It's a color of passion and intensity. But the problem with red is that it can lead you to be too anxious. Maybe you're too impulsive. Maybe you don't kind of feel that restfulness that other people who might have been drawn to blues or pale greens might be more in sync with. Now, if you come in and pick a yellow, perhaps you're seeking spiritual and mental enlightenment. Perhaps you love being active and are an optimist. Now, the problem with picking the yellow paint chip is just that, again, it's not super restful. It is a color of activity and vibration. So if you were looking to settle down or relax, you might want to go with one of those cooler tones. The other problem with yellow is that it can sometimes be too bright and overstimulating. So I like to think of yellow just like I think of the sunlight. Just enough warms a room, can warm your spirit like no other color, but too much can be overly intense to the point where you feel like you have to wear sunglasses in the room that you're in. So I figured I'd kick it off with that fun little exercise of grabbing a paint chip, but only reveal the psychology behind the colors later in the class. So the most important thing, I think, to setting the tone for the class is to start off with just some general basics. One of my favorite basics that I've never shared in a formal class setting before is my philosophy on the old landscape. So when you look at a landscape, like a photograph, one of those panoramic photographs that you can get on allposters.com, nobody is gravitating towards a panorama 
of the Missouri suburbs. People gravitate towards panoramas of New York City, of Sydney, Australia, of Chicago, Illinois. And why do they gravitate towards these panoramas? It's because of the undulation, the highs and lows. Unlike a Missouri panorama of the St. Louis suburbs where everything is just at the same tract house level. Nobody's buying those pictures, I'll tell you that. So I want you to think about your decor in the same way. When you look around your home, when you look around your living room, is everything at that three-foot height? The back of the sofa, the height of the TV console, the height of the desk, the height of the armchair. Is it all roughly at that medium height? Let's get some undulation. Let's incorporate a tall bookcase. Let's incorporate a floor lamp. Let's incorporate drapes. So that way, as we're moving around the room, our eye goes up and down. Now, we also want to avoid choosing a lot of high things. So you don't want to have right next to a bulky entertainment center, a floor lamp, and then a bookcase, and then a hutch, and then a curio cabinet. It will start to feel too high. And again, you'll lose that undulation of the highs and the lows, which is what we're really seeking. Another thing that I think is the most important principle in interior design, like seriously, the most important principle in all the podcasts, all the classes in my book, the most important principle is mixing and matching materials. Look around your home. Choose a room. Let's choose your family room. In your family room, you probably have upholstered furniture. You probably have wood furniture like a TV stand, like an end table, like a coffee table. But do you have glass elements? Do you have any stone elements? Do you have any ceramic elements? Do you have any acrylic elements? Think about incorporating the different elements. What about metals? I'm always trying to incorporate metals, glass, wood, fabric. I'm always thinking about those. The bonus materials are those ceramics, those acrylics. But you want to think about mixing and matching your materials. And you want to be sure that every material is represented. I find it very hard to use glass in places with kids because it's just not child-friendly. But I find that incorporating acrylic instead of glass can give me that visual texture that I'm looking for. But a well-balanced home, according to feng shui, has all of these elements represented. So when I'm looking around a space that feels almost complete, but something's missing, it's usually because one of these elements has not been used in the space. And another rule that I have is if I've got a wooden side table, never will I select a wooden lamp. I need a lamp that's in a contrasting material so that when I squint, I see that there's a textural difference between the two items. We're looking for contrast in interior design. If I squint and everything is a variation of beige or brown, it looks like you didn't make any choices. It looks very undesignerly. We want those darks, those lights, those mixing of materials, the mixing of textures. So that is key. Get great feng shui and get a designer look by making sure that you represent all these materials in your decor. 
Another super fun feature that we're going to have in this class are breakout sessions with my designers. People are going to bring their pictures, their questions, and they are going to get special time. There's going to be two breakout sessions in this day-long event where they get to run their questions by a pro. Now, I'll just give a little example because I had a question that came in today from Heather. Heather wrote me, Betsy, what do I do with cords? Well, Heather, of course, you could wait to ask this during our Q&A breakout session at the masterclass, or I can just tell you right now. I hate cords. I hate cords as much as the next guy. If anybody's listening, I actually have a really great invention that I would love to launch, but just don't have the money. So if you are one of the sharks from Shark Tank or somebody from MSNBC, just email me, Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. I have an invention that will revolutionize the cord world. But until I can bring that to the masses, here are the techniques that I use. The number one technique, the number one offender is media, like TVs, VCRs, DVDs. Did I just say VCR? I'm dating myself. Blu-ray players, gaming consoles. So when you're selecting a TV stand, make sure that you select one that has doors so that stuff can be enclosed even if it has a lot of gangly cords. Now you're wondering, Betsy, if it's closed, how do I manipulate my cable box? Well, you can get one TV stand that has open cubbies as well as closed doors for those implements you don't use as often. Or you can get one of those infrared dots. They sell them at Best Buy. They sell them at Radio Shack. Again, I may be dating myself with the Radio Shack reference. They sell them at Amazon, and they're super easy to install. I can do it. A handyman can do it. And you can manipulate all your implements through an infrared dot that's housed on top of your TV stand. So think about that. Also, just avoid completely a glass TV stand. Avoid completely one of those TV stands that only has shelving but doesn't have a back. The key with the TV stand is if it's not going to have doors, it needs to have a back. And you can drill a hole in the back to then snake the cords through, but most TV stands will have a hole already where you can thread all those cords and you don't have to see them. The container store has lots of good options for wrangling your cords from... Velcro zip ties to, of course, just using plastic zip ties to these kind of tubes that have a slit down it so that you can combine all your cords into one. I think that these little gadgets can be super helpful, especially when it comes to a desk. When you have a desk, you have a lot of chargers for your computer, for your phone. So the thing that I think is really important is getting a desk with a storage column So the storage column would have drawers for files or pencils or scissors or whatever. But the real reason I want you to have storage with your desk is so that all the cords can hide behind that column. Because if you get a desk that's just a table and four legs, it's going to betray everything. You're going to see every cord. And I absolutely hate cords dripping off the edge of desks, dripping off the edges of dining tables. They look like unsightly tails. So please, please avoid the cords by picking storage columns, TV stands with backs and doors, and nightstands that also have the storage. So that way that nightstand lamp, that phone charger, all those cords can gather behind the piece and you don't have to see it when you're looking at the room. So there we go, Heather. I hope that helped. So my next thing that I plan on talking about at this masterclass are window treatments. 
Here's a little tip that I don't think I've shared with you, but I think is so important that recently I've really gotten up on my high horse about it. If you have a window that's over 65 inches wide, you need double wide drapes. You need double wide drapes. If you get single wide drapes, single panels for a window that's over 65 inches wide, when you draw the drapes, it's going to be taut. It's going to look bad. It's going to potentially have gaps where light seeps through. It's not going to look sophisticated. It's absolutely not going to look designerly. We need double wide drapes. Now, the problem with double wide drapes is that they're more expensive and that there's more limited selection. It's harder to find them. You can find them at places like Pottery Barn, Restoration Hardware, but you're going to be paying for the premium, right? So what I prefer to do is I get two single wide panels and then I take them to a local dry cleaner and have them stitched down the middle to create a double wide panel. In my living room, I got four single panels, took them to the local dry cleaner, had them stitched together for less than 40 bucks for each set of two. And now I have two double wide panels on either side of my window and it looks balanced It closes with a beautiful undulation, and I got those panels on JCPenney for under $35 a piece. So you do the math on that, and even with the stitching, you're still paying a fraction of what I would have paid at Pottery Barn, and there's lots more selection in single-wide drapery. So you can choose from a wide array of patterns, colors, options that you just don't have when you're stuck looking for only double-wides. So that is my tip, guys. Really think about it because I have seen too many long rods with tiny ribbons on either side. It just, even if you're not going to draw it, even if you're not going to close it to see the undulation, it looks like tiny sideburns on a big fat window. It just looks disproportionate and weird. Take my advice. Get the single panels, sew them together. Now, another thing that I'm going to talk about in, of course, more depth during this exciting masterclass on February 5th in New York City is my floor plan game. I have a way, in fact, I should probably do a podcast series on this. Um, I play a floor plan game. So in order to figure out the floor plan for each of my client spaces, we play a game. I've played this game over 1,500 times, and it is the way to find the perfect floor plan for every space, every time. Now, this floor plan game has rules and steps. It's very intuitive, and once you learn it, it's actually a ton of fun to play, but When you're creating your floor plan, I'm just going to give you a taste of the game. The first thing that you want to ask yourself is, what do I want to do in this room? What are the functions of this room? So in a bedroom, of course, the function would be to sleep on a bed. Another function would be clothing storage. Another function might be a desk area to work at home. So let's just say that those were our functions for the bedroom area. And let's say that we also wanted to watch TV in there as well. Um, There's no judgment here, people. I watch a lot of TV. And when I lived in an apartment, I had to have a desk area in my bedroom. Certainly those two things are not ideal feng shui, but we make it work. So if I was creating the floor plan for this bedroom, I've listed all my functions. The next thing that I need to do is choose the most important function in this room. Now, the most important function in nearly every bedroom is to sleep. 
or to be on the bed in some way. So we want to take this bed. And in this case, we also want to take the TV because I want to see the TV from bed. And we're going to move it around the room in our minds. So we're going to move it around the room in our minds going clockwise, trying every possible placement for that bed. And we're going to weigh the pros and cons as we move around. So it could go on the largest wall and that feels comfortable because it's the larger piece of furniture. But the problem with it being on the largest wall is it's on the same wall as the door, which feels uncomfortable and I can't see the main point of access from bed. So it feels like negative feng shui. Now I could move it to the wall with the closet, but it's going to block the access to the closet. So that doesn't make sense. I could move it to the wall that's opposite the door. And that feels really good according to feng shui, but there are a couple of windows. So that if I did put my king size bed over there, it's going to overlap one of the windows and look a little bit goofy. So it could really work. And of course the TV could go on the opposite wall, but I just worry about overlapping with those windows. Now we could put the bed on the wall that's opposite the closet. And there's no other door there. So that could really work. And then I could see the main point of access. My only issue with putting the bed there is then the TV has to go all the way across the room and that's where the closet doors are. So I'm going to have a harder time placing that TV because I need it to go above a piece of furniture so that I can have a cable box. And there we go. So as you can see, it becomes a process of elimination. But when I'm thinking about a floor plan, the first thing that I always consider is the most important function for that space, in this case, the bed, and any item that it has a relationship to, any item that I need to be the focal point. So in a living room, typically the most important function is comfortable seating. And oftentimes the focal point is again a TV, but sometimes the focal point is a fireplace for those people who don't watch TV. Good for you good for you. So, um, so these are the things that I think about and the floor plan game has more steps and there's ways to fold in all those other functions, but that's just a little bit of a taste of how I get started. The other thing that I'm going to incorporate into this class, which has been a huge hit in other classes is I'm going to give everyone a document of my favorite stores and resources, my favorite stores, what I like to buy there, what I don't buy there. So I call it my retail rundown, and I'll give you just a little taste right now. So what store should I start with? Hmm, you've heard me do retail rundowns before, but I will start with Our House. So some of you might be familiar with Our House. If you're not, it's spelled A-R-H-A-U-S dot com. The thing I love getting at Our House is I think that they do pillows really well. They have a lot of super unique options. They have some gorgeous rugs. Now they're a little bit pricey, but they are showstoppers. And I also like a lot of their furniture. I would not buy their furniture if it was not on sale because it tends to be overpriced. Uh, but the look is lovely. It's transitional. They have a lot of really unique traditional items, which tends to be an oxymoron. Traditional gets so watered down and could be so boring, but at our house, they just put a unique twist on nearly everything they do. What I hate at our house, what I would never buy at our house, are lamps. I just think they totally strike out on all their lighting. It's such a disappointment. I also think their artwork is severely overpriced, and I never find anything special that I connect with. I just don't think any of it's worth it. Let's talk about Pier 1. Pier 1 is a store that I use a lot. I think it's probably 
50% crap, 50% gold. I really love the smaller items like the bookends, like the holiday ornaments, like the throw blankets, like the candles, like the diffusers, like the throw pillows. I really find their furniture to be hit or miss. I got a dining table there that I just love. I've sat on some sofas and armchairs there that felt craptastic. I wouldn't have even picked them up at the 99 cent store. They felt so flimsy and uncomfortable. So the furniture is the thing that gives me the most pause. I also think that at Pier 1, sometimes the taste level just isn't there. Sometimes their patterns and prints, sometimes their artwork just feels like it's trying too hard. It feels like home goods rejects. So sometimes they miss the mark with those emblazoned items. I'd really prefer to stay with solid items here avoiding patterns, and avoiding any large or loud motifs. So guys, has that been titillating for you guys? Are you super intrigued about this masterclass? It's going to be a blast. And I have one scheduled this year and one scheduled next year. But you won't want to wait that long. Don't miss the boat. Join me February 5th at the Houston Street Center in NoHo on the Bowery and it's going to be a great day. You can buy tickets on affordableinteriordesign.com. Go to the shop section and click on the Eventbrite HGTV Masterclass button. And don't forget to use your discount code. I love my podcast listeners. I love my VIP members. For those VIP members, I have an even deeper discount coming at you, which I'll be releasing in a bonus episode. So you won't want to miss that. You're going to get my deepest discount yet. But for those of you who are general listeners, 40% is one of the deepest discounts I have offered. This masterclass is really going to be a labor of love for me. I'm going to give, 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 and I want you to get get, get. So use your discount code discount40 and get that 40% off your ticket. Thanks so much. I can't wait to see you in New York City. Thanks for being wonderful listeners. Thanks to Catherine Heller, my amazing producer, to Aton and the Embassy, my super catchy house band, and to Affordable Interior Design, our sponsor. Until next week, guys, have a wonderful week. Bye.